Hello, Bethel family. I feel like I shouldn't say that. I should actually say hello, world, because it's going out to the world, and since everyone's social distancing, um, maybe you don't have anything better to do when you're tuning in. So how about that story from Brooke? Uh, here at Bethel, stories really are a big part of our culture because we know that there is nothing more undeniable than a transformed life, and that's what we've seen in Brooke's life. And hey, by the way, our connect groups, our edge groups, they haven't missed a beat. Our connect groups are happening uh, digitally via Zoom, and so like you heard her story, how powerful that was. And so if you'd like to get plugged into a connect group, even now, you can te- or email hello at bhcfamily.com or you can go to our, our website, BethelHarvestChurch.com, and find out more there. So stories, right? Do you hear in her story that she took the twists and turns? I mean, I don't know if some of you have been there when your spouse looked at you and said, I don't want to be married anymore. It's not a good moment, is it? not a good moment when everything you thought was certain, everything you'd held on to in your life, all of a sudden is gone and starts to crumble and fall apart. And it's in times like that that we become the person that God wants us to be. And so just like Brooke took the twists and turns and said, you know what, I'm going to set my heart to grow. I'm going to set my heart to reconnect with God the God who loves me and the God who is there for me even when the world falls apart, Um, what if, what if every single one of us, you're not here in the room, but you're out there in living rooms and sitting in beds and maybe driving down the road or going on a walk, what if all of us made a decision that even during this pandemic, we are going to become the best version of ourselves? That masterpiece version that God created us to be, that God destined us to be, that we can actually make a decision that during the worst of times, we can become the best version of ourselves because the world is counting on us to show up right now. The world's counting on us. And here's the thing, this is unprecedented times, right? But as I've taken to saying a whole lot lately, unprecedented times create unprecedented opportunities, and that's what we have before us. And what if we seize that opportunity? What if we said, you know what, I'm not just going to survive the next, we don't know, do we? <laughs> the next 30 days, whatever it is, but I'm going to embrace it as an opportunity to grow and to become better. And that's my prayer for you, really. And here, during this time right now, I know we're not sitting in a room together and no one, I'm not going to be able to hear you say amen, although if you're in the chat right now, just type amen, just like, okay, I can't hear you, but it's good, okay? So I want you to engage. In fact, I'm going to challenge you to set aside distractions for the next eh, 25 minutes or so as I'm going to bring this message to you. Set aside the laundry and set aside um, your to-do list and don't, you know, the Facebook scrolling, you can put me down in the corner and then keep scrolling. Don't do that. Like dial in and focus because here's what I believe. I believe this with all my heart. As I was praying for you guys last night, um, I just saw God moving in some of your living rooms and some of your homes and touching hearts. And I believe that this message has the power to change you and it's going to empower you during a season when, again, we, we feel like we can't hold on to anything certain right now. And this message has the ability to give you something that you can grab hold of. And so, my hope, my prayer is that you'll dial in and really engage during this time. So, 
about, gosh, three weeks ago, before we all began to experience social distancing at a high level. Some of you already had, but we, we, we had our last service here, and on that last service here when we were all gathered together, you remember that, the good old days when we had church and we came into a building together? Uh, our pastor, Pastor Marion, launched a series about our 4B mission, 4Bs, that we are people who belong, that we believe, that we become, and that we build. And so we launched a series, and we told you then that we were going to preach that series right up to Easter, which, by the way, Easter is only four weeks away. And so I want you to be mindful of that. Yes, it's going to be a little bit different this year, but it still can be the, I believe, it's going to be the greatest harvest of souls we've seen uh, in a long time in our church and in churches all across America. Um, so be praying about that four weeks away. We want to be able to connect with people, invite them. And, oh, by the way, share this video out. Like right now, just take a break and share it and say, hey, join me for church this morning because a whole lot of people are sitting at home with nothing better to do, and it's a great opportunity, right? So four weeks away to Easter, and so we're going to be preaching this right up. Here's what I love about the 4B mission. The 4B mission it is just as relevant today in the midst of a pandemic. It, here's, it is more relevant today than it was three weeks ago when we started preaching this. Because what I'm going to give you, and I know that there's going to be people watching this that you've never been to Bethel, you may never come to Bethel, you're, we're not going to meet in person. And here's what I will tell you, what I'm getting ready to bring you, it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter if we ever get to meet in person, this message can change you. And so if you're willing to open yourself up right now and fully engage, type yes in the comments. I'm going to ask you to do that a lot. So let's push in here and talk about the 4B mission, all right? The 4Bs belong. That you are loved just as you are. Believe. And when we talk about believe, we're saying believe in Jesus and his word. Because we can believe a whole lot of things, but if we don't believe in Jesus and his word, everything is shaky. There's a great verse in Hebrews 12, 27, uh, 27, 28, 29. You should look that up and read it. But it basically says, hey, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that what remains is the unshakable. I may believe that Jesus in his word is unshakable. Um, you should type yes on that too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear that out. Type in yes. Type amen. Type unshakable if you can uh, because I want you to engage in this. So believe in Jesus and his word. Become. That's what we're talking about. We want you to be a transformed Christ follower. Transformed. We don't want you to just show up, come in and go out or log in and log off and be the same person. We want you to experience transformation, just like you heard in Brooke's story, complete transformation. And the last one is build, that we will make a difference. If you believe it and you're a difference maker, type difference maker in the comments right now um, because we want to build the kingdom of God. We want to make a difference. And so our hope is that by the end of this series, your heart is going to burn with that mission, that it won't just be words, that it won't just be a sermon preached, but it will be, it, it'll become identity for you, that it will become life for you, that it will become your mission that you're going to live out on a daily basis. And so uh, that's our hope. That's our prayer. Now, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to push in on this first B of belong, that you are loved just as you are. If you're in a room with someone, I don't care if it's your kids, your spouse, look at them right now and say, you're loved just as you are. 
and if it was your spouse, you actually have to believe that. Uh, homeschooling mamas, you need to tell your kids they're loved just as they are, not just if they write complete sentences um, or if they do their math homework. Tell them they're loved just as they are. And we believe that, right? I don't think there could be a more relevant message for all of us right now than to be reminded that you belong, that you're loved just as you are. In fact, if you are hoarding toilet paper or you're the one creating the hilarious memes of people hoarding toilet paper, guess what? We love you just as you are. If you are practicing social distancing, as everybody should, or you're not practicing social distancing, I don't agree with you, but I love you just as you are. I've seen some people volunteering to be the social distancing police. I think that's hilarious. Saw some uh, a meme that said, uh, I feel like a kindergartner when the other two kids get in trouble and we keep losing our recess time because uh, people aren't practicing social distancing. I'm not going to get sidetracked. Hey, if, if you are using this time to post political things, you really shouldn't. But if you are, or if you are using religion to create fear in people's hearts right now, you really shouldn't do that. But you know what? We love you right where you're at. We, we don't have to agree with you. Hey, if you're a Democrat or a Republican or if you're an independent, I love you. We lo as a church, we love you. You don't have to think like us, dress like us, believe like us, speak like us. We're going to love you just as you are. And Pastor Marion preached a message about a month ago now that I truly believe was preparing us for just a time like this. And the message was that we can disagree politically and still love unconditionally. That we can love unconditionally and pray for unity. I would add to that that we can disagree COVID-19 and still love unconditionally. Listen, don't be a hater. Don't be the judgment police. Just love people, love people, love people, love people. And that's what this B, first B is about, that we belong, that we are loved and accepted. And here's the thing, for Jesus, belonging came first. And it should be the same way for us. And if we can be a people who love others like Jesus, we're going to make a difference in the world. Now, I say this all the time, but the quickest way to change is to face reality. And sometimes we have to face reality. There was a survey about 10 years ago, and it was taken from the general public uh, and people who do not attend church. And they surveyed and they asked people who do not attend church what they think of the church. And you know, one of the top five things they said, I think it was number two or three, was that the church is judgmental. Then there was a survey by the Barna Group, well-respected. They did a survey, uh, and they called it the churchless survey. And these were, again, people that did not attend church, and they noticed some trends. And three of the trends that they identified, number one, people are less open to the idea of church. Number two, church is no longer mainstream. Literally, they said that church going is slowly but undeniably losing its role as a normal part of American life. And then finally, number three, they said there is skepticism about church's role in, in its contribution to society. It seems people far from God that weren't gathering in a building like this that I'm in mostly alone with. Hey, by the way, shout out to our amazing, amazing, amazing media team um, who are making things happen that we've never done before and making things happen at a higher level. So you should give them some love. Um, back to my point. 
it seems that people who are far from God didn't want to come into this building anyways. They're skeptical. They're judge, they think we're judgmental. They're going to walk in and be judged. They're not so sure that the people in buildings like this all across America are making a valuable contribution to society. That's the narrative. That's what they believe. Hmm. And right now, we're not gathering in churches. We're being forced to connect with people outside of these four walls, and we're being forced to use means to connect with people, to be honest, that might be more effective than trying to get them in here inside of these four walls. Is it possible that what the devil intended for evil to separate and to divide and to slow down and to hurt the world and to hurt the church of Jesus Christ, is it possible that what he intended for evil, God can bring good out of beyond our wildest imagination? If you believe Jesus can do that, just type, yes! You should do it in all caps with exclamation points. I believe that this is the time That the church, let me ask it this way, what if we as the church used this time, this pandemic crisis, this unexpected, this chaos that we're in the midst of, so many things, everything feels like it's changing. What if the church used this time to rewrite the narrative, the cultural narrative about the role of the church and the value of the church in society today? You know, this week we we served 95 families through our family food center. I mean, come on, you should say praise Jesus for that right now. 95 families, and we did it very intelligently, um, abiding by CDC, and we had cars lined up, and our team was working separately, and all those kind of things. We're being, being smart about it, but our community needed the church to show up, because here's the thing. We asked this question five, ten years ago. I couldn't tell you exactly, but we said, hey, if Bethel wasn't here tomorrow, would our community miss us? And what we've seen this week is if Bethel wasn't here, our community would miss us. Because 95 families, usually it's about 75 to 85, we've served 95 families, they drove through, our team went out and served them boxes and boxes of food, thousands of pounds of food we served this week. And we're making a difference in our community. See, that might be just a piece of rewriting this narrative of how the church sees us. What if we took this opportunity to not be judgmental, to not tell people what they should or shouldn't do, but just we took this opportunity to rewrite the narrative that the church loves, that we love well, that we love intentionally, that we love like irresistibly, that we are determined to show love to people in tangible ways. What if we did that? And we rewrote the narrative. Now, here's the thing. This isn't a new idea. This is exactly what Jesus did in the first century. When Jesus came on the scene, he had to rewrite the way the world, society saw God, the way society saw religious people, the way society saw religious people interacting with them. And Jesus began to rewrite that. And so I want to take the rest of our time and I want to push in on a little story from John 4 where Jesus shows us what belonging looks like, where Jesus shows us what it looks like to love people just as they are. 
And what we see in this story, it works in the first century, and it works in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic. We have an opportunity. Everybody type opportunity in the comments there. Let's read the Bible. John chapter 4, verse 5. It'll be on your screen there. Now he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob was... Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down at the well. Hey, Christians, let me ask you a question. Are some of you tired? Are you worn out? Are you stretched right now? Are you dealing with pressure about work, about economics, about taking care of your family? Are you tired from homeschooling? Are you tired? Some of you are like working from home. Everybody's acting like that's easy. And you're working double time because you're working at home and there's more to do and there's more problems to solve. Are you tired? And I'm not diminishing any of those circumstances, but I just wanted to acknowledge Jesus was tired from the journey, from the journey of life. He was tired. But look what happens even while he's tired. It says, it was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. That's that's why they weren't here. Now, let's talk about this woman for a moment because this woman, she experienced social distancing before a a pandemic, without a pandemic. She was an outcast. She was a social outcast. She was, if she wasn't a prostitute, she was socially uh, or, or sexually promiscuous, right? This woman, people avoided her. She's, nobody talked to her. Jews didn't have anything to do, as we'll read here in a moment. They didn't associate with Samaritans. And so this woman was an outcast. She came to the well at a time when no one else was coming to the well because she knew people would avoid her, and it hurt less when she avoided them. And so she just distanced herself from people. But Jesus shows up on the scene, and Jesus wants to connect with her, with her heart, because Jesus did not see her the way everybody else saw her, and Jesus did not see her the way she saw herself. And so Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to get to her heart. I, I see the walls that she's erected to keep her away from the love of God. There's some of you watching right now that you've put up walls that separate you from the love of God, from the heart of God. And I believe that today God's going to remove some of those walls. If you'll open yourself up right now, right wherever you're sitting, wherever you're listening, if you'll open yourself up right now, my prayer, God, break those walls down. Now, Jesus did it with kindness, and he did it with love. And when we get into it, we see that the first wall she had was a wall of fear. The first wall was a wall of fear that made her unable to trust Jesus or anybody else, it made her unable to be vulnerable to others. In verse 9, you see it. It says, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate, associate with Samaritans. She put up a wall. She was scared to connect. She was scared of the judgment. And I want to ask you, if, if you're, maybe you're just tuning in today and maybe you wouldn't say that uh, church isn't a normal thing for you. 
when you figured, hey, I'm bored and I'm at home, I'm longing in. Or maybe you've been in church enough, but still today you feel a little far from God. What is it that's kept you from feeling like you belong, from feeling like you belong to God, from feeling like you could belong among a, a church, a church family? That's, that's what we talk about here. We're a family. We're not an organization. We're not about religion. We're about relationships. So what is it that's kept you from belonging? Are you afraid that people will hurt you again? Are you afraid that you are going to let people down if, if you trust and you make yourself vulnerable and you get too close? Are you afraid it's going to go bad again because you've had so many other things go bad in your life? What are you afraid of? See, I, I get it. And I know some of you You've been hurt by church, you've been hurt by religion, you've been hurt by spiritual people who said they loved God. And can I just say I'm sorry? I'm sorry that happened to you. It wasn't God's intention, it wasn't God's desire, it wasn't the heart of God for you. And I'm sorry that it happened, but if I can tell you one bedrock truth, Jesus, he loves you just as you are. You belong but you just have to accept that love. That's all you have to do. You have to accept that love, but it's your choice to do that. I, I would encourage you, if you're just visiting today online, I'd challenge you. Give us the next four weeks to be able to connect, and I don't know, three, four weeks. We're at least going to be doing this for a few weeks, I think. I think we're all come to grips with that. So give us the next three weeks from the safety of your living room, your bedroom, wherever you're at, to connect with us just like this every week and see what God does. Just, just give it a shot. You got nothing to lose. Nobody knows you went to church. Nobody knows. Like, you don't have to worry about people like, oh, he started, then he stopped. No, you don't have to worry about any of that. Just give us the next three weeks of your life and see what God does. Just open yourself up. So um, she had a second wall. Her second wall was sin and mistakes. See, she, sat, she had so many sins and mistakes, that she disqualified herself for the love of God. Verse 17, she says, they're having a little conversation, and Jesus said, hey, go get your husband. And she says, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Can you imagine her eyes like, bugging out like Jesus just read her mail. Like, how did he know that? Like, how did he know the man I'm with is not my... And see, here's the thing. Hear me. Jesus did not say that so that she felt judged and condemned and ashamed. I'm hoping I'm on this camera. Jesus said that so he... So she knew. Jesus said that so that she knew. He knew everything about her and he still loved her. He still wanted to connect with her. He still, she was important enough to stop when he was tired, when he was exhausted. And she was, he wanted her to know, I see it all and I still love you. Hey, if you felt judged and condemned and ashamed and your sins and your mistakes and your past disqualified you from God's love, can I tell you today, it doesn't. He loves you just as you are. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Absolutely nothing can separate. You cannot mess up God's love. Not any one of you listening to this right now. He loves you just as you are, not as you should be, not as you could be, and not definitely not as anyone else told you you had to be. He loves you just as you are. 
And that's an empowering thing. That can break down a wall of fear. Now, she had a third wall. It was a wall of religion. Verse 19 and 20 and verse 25, it was a wall of religion that kept God at a safe distance. 19 says, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but the Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. See, she believed in a God out there, a God up there that was worthy of worship. And maybe some of you right now, you believe in that. You believe in a higher power. You believe in God, but <coughs> he's God at a distance. See, she wasn't ready to believe in a God that could be in here. And can I tell you, God sent his son Jesus to live on this planet, to suffer death on a cross to die for the penalty of your sins and my sins so that he could be in relationship with you. He's not satisfied with arm's length. He's not satisfied with loving you from a distance. He wants to be in relationship with you. My prayer is that today you stop stiff-arming God. You're stiff. Every time he starts to get close. Right now, listen, some of you, your hearts are open. You're softened to God in ways you've never been before or ways you haven't been in a long time. Please, please, please don't stiff arm him. Let him in. Let him love you. Let him connect with you. Tell him your fears. Tell him, hey, tell him your anger. If you need to cuss God out right now because you don't know what in the world's going on and you can't believe this is happening and you're thinking, why me? Listen. Just cuss him out if you need to. He can handle it. He's a big boy. You read through the Psalms. I mean, I don't read Hebrew, but I'm pretty sure David and some of those Psalms, there might have been some Hebrew cuss words that we're just not aware of, okay? God can handle it, but what he doesn't want is this moment, this pandemic, this chaos that we're experiencing. He doesn't want it to put a wedge between the two of you and separate you even further. He wants to be in relationship. He wants to love you. And see, religion doesn't get you through times like this, but a relationship with a loving God can get you through anything. So you belong. You are loved just as you are. And what we see in this story is that Jesus, just through a conversation, dismantled every wall that she had erected. He took away fear. He took away her sin and mistakes. He says, nope, I, I know it all and I still love you. He took away religion that kept him at arm's length. And he said, woman... I love you. Jesus gave her something that no one, none of those five men and the man she was with now, no one and no thing had ever offered her. He told her, you're loved. Just as you are. No strings attacked, attached, no prerequisites, no approval required. You are loved. And every single person watching this right now, you're loved. God loves you. 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 He loves you. And he wants to be in relationship with you. And all you have to do is accept that. Now, I, there's two sides to every coin. I have a quarter here. Two sides to every coin, right? And the first side of this coin of belong is that you are loved that you belong, that you love just as you are, right? That's the first side of the coin. But if you flip the coin over, do you know what the other side of the coin is? 
The other side of the coin is that you and I have a responsibility to show others the love of God. That we have a responsibility here as a church to create a culture of belonging where anybody can walk in and feel like they're loved just as they are. Where anybody can log on online and feel like they're loved just as they are. We have a responsibility. And here at Bethel, like, we've worked hard to create that kind of culture. We've worked very hard. We weren't always a culture like that. You know, I've been here at this church for 20 years, serving my pastors who I love and adore, and they've led this church with integrity and faith, Pastor Marion and Stephanie Dalton. They're amazing. And early on, they'd tell you, I can tell you because I was there, I was part of it, we didn't always have this culture. We were blinded, like the disciples were here in a moment, we were blinded by our religion, we were blinded by our preconceived notions, we were blinded. And the disciples, they were in town getting food, and if you look in verse 27 through 35, they come back, and they're looking at Jesus, and they see Jesus with the woman, they're like, whoa, what's he doing? She's a Samaritan. Like, that's not supposed to happen, but like, they didn't want to get up in Jesus' business, and so they didn't question him or anything. And it says, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, hey, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, verse 32, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, could, could, could someone have brought him food? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. See, Jesus is trying to change the disciples' idea of who belongs in the kingdom. Everybody just type in the comments and type, open my eyes. Make it a prayer right now. Type, open my eyes. Because right now, folks, despite what it may feel like, surviving the pandemic, Getting the supplies and the food and the toilet paper and all the things you need. It's so easy to look in on ourselves right now. But I would implore you, I would beg you, open your eyes. Look around. Look on social media and look in your family and look in the employees who've been laid off. For the people that they don't know how they're going to take care of their kids, open your eyes because the fields are ripe for the harvest. There are souls, there are people hanging in the balance right now for you and I to see them and to show them the love of God and to let them know that there is a God who loves them. There is a God who's still sitting on the throne in heaven, but he cares enough about them to be in relationship with them as well. See, the woman, she got it. She, she understood. She went back to the city and she said, hey, everybody, come on. Come see a man who's told me everything I've ever done. Don't you love it when people exaggerate things, but it's totally okay right there, right? But the disciples, they were kind of slow. They were slow. They didn't quite get it. Like, did somebody give them food? And Jesus says, guys, come on. Come on. See what I see. See a woman who's been redeemed who felt ashamed and isolated and alone and not good enough. 
That woman there, she belongs. It's not the religious. It's not the people who talk like you and dress like you and think like you. It's the people that you've been avoiding. Those are the ones that belong. Those are the ones that we have a responsibility to show love. And hey, church, right now, right now, in this time, we've got a responsibility more than ever. Unprecedented times create unprecedented opportunities. That's why I believe Easter is going to be a massive time of salvation and people coming home and returning into relationship with Jesus. Because if we get this, we become like the disciples because they did eventually get it. They were slow, but they got it. And Jesus built the church on them. And they reached to the ends of the earth to spread the gospel. That is your responsibility, and that is my responsibility. And right now, more than ever, we can do it. And I want to challenge you to do it. I want to challenge you to step up and to see other people. Now, let's wrap up with this. We talked about both sides of the coin, that you belong, that you're loved just as you are. And then the other side of the coin, that that we have a responsibility to show others the love of God, right? But there's actually a third side of the coin. Right there, you can see it. It's small, but if I put this thing up on edge and I roll it, it gets the two sides moving in a direction. And see, it's one thing to know one side and to know the other side, but what is it that creates movement? And I believe what creates movement is relationships. That's what, see, I can tell you all day I believe that you're loved just as you are, but when I put it in action and love you on your worst day, love you when you hurt me, love you when you post stuff on social media that I think is not very intelligent, How's that for diplomatic? See, that's what puts it in action. That's what puts it in movement. So let me give you four things real quick that you can do right now, right now in the midst of the world we're living in to demonstrate belonging, to show people they love just as they are. Number one, be smart. (laughs) Please, please be smart. And what I'm talking about is what you say and what you post um, because you're not socially interacting with people right now. So be intelligent. If it does not pass the belong test that people are going to feel loved just as they are, don't post it, all right? So be smart. I love you. I, I love you. Please be smart. Number two, initiate relationships. Initiate communication. Reach out to people. Listen, if you know people that lost their job, show them love right now. If you know people that are going to take a hit economically, show them love. If you know single people or uh, single parents who don't have as much of a support system as you do, reach out to them and show them love. Initiate communication. Reach out to your family members more during this time. Initiate communication. Number three, see people. Open our eyes, right? See people. Because people working in grocery stores and gas stations and hospitals and other essential areas, they don't feel seen right now. They feel like you walk into the store and all you think about is you and yours and what's in your house. What if we opened our eyes on saw some people and showed love? We've got to do it. And finally, number four, share and invite. Like, share this link. Share all the resources. We've got a ton of resources at BethelHarvestChurch.com. Everything from a kitty corner to workouts that you can be a part of to getting in a connect group. Um, share these links. Share the the daily Facebook lives that we're doing every day at noon on the weekdays. Share it and invite people because people need hope. They need love right now. And you and I have the solution. His name is Jesus. Now, let's wrap this up. Relationships is what gets that coin rolling, right? And so you need to do that with other people. We have a responsibility. 
But for some of you right now, you feel far from God. You feel far from God. And this pandemic has just emphasized that because it doesn't matter, social distance doesn't matter. When you feel distance in your soul and you feel isolated in your soul, that's the greatest loneliness any of us can feel. And so if you feel far from God, can I invite you today to make a decision that can change that? It doesn't take away the pandemic. It doesn't put TP on the shelves or food in the cupboard. It doesn't give you your job back. But the Bible says that if we'll trust in Jesus, he can give us a peace that passes understanding. It is a peace that is beyond a pandemic. That wasn't on the script, but that kind of sounded good. A peace beyond the pandemic. All right, folks? You can have that kind of peace. But you have to choose relationship. And that's what God wants to have with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And so if you're far from him, if it's been fear that's held you back, if it's been those things that disqualified you from his love, listen, you cannot hold God's love away. You can try and stiff him, arm him all you want, but he will get through that stiff arm and he's going to chase you down with his love. Why not let it be right now, right now in this moment to let him embrace you with his love? (laughs) The Holy Spirit doesn't know social distancing. He can embrace you right now. So let the fear go. Let the disqualifying go. Let the religion go. Some of you have been hung up on religion and you've allowed it it to keep you far from God. Today's the day where you say, you know what? What do I have to lose? I'm gonna let God love me. And so if that's you, I want you to close your eyes, just everybody right now. If you're saved, pray a prayer for those that need to make a decision right now. And if you're not, just listen to this. Dear Jesus, I pray that you give them courage to respond in faith to begin a relationship with you right now, God. I break down those walls by your Holy Spirit right now, wherever they're at, God, walls of fear and isolation and religion and hurt. Some have been hurt by church people, God, and I break that down, God. I speak healing and strength. And God, right now, I I pray that they have courage and faith to respond, to make a decision right now. All right, so if you're there, I want to ask you, if you need to make a decision right now, on the count of three, I just want you, like we're not in a room, right? I want you on the count of three, I want you to put just raise, raise your hand up and put your hand on your heart just like this. On the count of three, just do it. Just take the action, just, just trust me. One, two, three. Just put your hand on your heart. And feel the love of God for you, that he knows everything about you and he still loves you. Just close your eyes and feel the love of God. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't know any distance. Right now, Holy Spirit, I pray you go into every room and every bedroom and every vehicle and every walk on the, in the park. God, let them feel your love right now. And pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me unconditionally. Thank you for accepting me unconditionally. Thank you, Jesus, for, for dying on the cross for the penalty of my sin. I believe it, and I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, if you're with anybody that just prayed that prayer, please, please, please give them a hug. And if you're alone, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your phone right now and text. There's a phone number. I want you to text Jesus to this number. Somebody will put it in the comments, but 859 446-7684. 
859-446-7684. Text Jesus because we want to be able to connect with you and help you take a next step. Yes, even from a social distance, we want to be able to love you and serve you. And so, hey guys, I'm so glad that all of you joined today. I hope that you've been encouraged and uh, let's make a difference for Jesus this week. Let's go out and show people that they are loved just as they are. We love you. We'll see you soon online right back here.